The Indianapolis Colts are looking for pieces. And one of those pieces is at cornerback. And they may have gotten closer to solving one of those problems yesterday. We'll talk about the visitor to the Colts complex. We'll also talk about a visitor potentially to Assembly Hall in Bloomington who may fill a role for the Hoosiers next year out of the transfer portal. We'll talk about Miles Bridges as well, who went nuts last night because a fan is an idiot. Fans being idiots really bother me. Players being idiots bother me. Miles Bridges copped to being an idiot last night. The fan, I don't know what's going to happen with the fan. So there you go. Let's talk about sports. This is Breakfast with Kent for Thursday, April 14th, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Jared Johnson is a magician. If you've got a plumbing problem, he's got a plumbing solution. All right, you've got a sump pump that's working overtime and maybe it's crapped out because of all the rain we got last night. He can solve your problem. Give him a call, 765-610-8809. Hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, ring the bell. Let's talk about sports. And if you have a question, you know what? Donate. And I see it. It comes up in a different color. It's striking, and it reminds me, I got somebody who's trying to interact. It's very, very helpful. All right, let's talk about the Colts. Yesterday, Stephon Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Year in 2019, visited the Colts complex. He is still a free agent. Why is he still a free agent, despite the fact that he's an elite cornerback? Because he's only an elite cornerback when he's healthy, and over the last two years, he hadn't been healthy a hell of a lot, and he's going to be 32 years old in September. That's why. Uh, eight games, three starts last year. Like I said, elite when healthy. Can he project to being healthy 17 games? If he can't, what are you doing, right? So if you add Stephon Gilmore at a number that makes sense for you, and you can do it after the draft, because then that it doesn't screw with your compensatory draft pick uh, situation, and Chris Ballard, as we know, loves them picks, Right. So Stephon Gilmore would do a lot to fill the need that the Colts have at the cornerback position and would upgrade no matter what. I mean, even not at 100% health, he's better than Rocky Seen, and he's probably better than Xavier Rhodes. So you would have Isaiah Rogers, who's in ascension as a cornerback, great speed, developing kind of an instinctual feel for coverage, Then you've got Kenny Moore, who's a pro bowler out of the slot, kind of a nickel cornerback. And if you have Stephon Gilmore, you really start to put something together. Even last year, only playing eight games, three starts, he made the Pro Bowl. That's Stephon Gilmore. Maybe you can squeeze one more year out of him. That would be nice. Look, and the Colts are looking for different positions. And and if you want to know why... Some of these positions are areas of weakness. I will tell you why they are areas of weakness. This I I got a great statistical note yesterday on Facebook uh, from a Facebook friend. Other than Michael Pittman, the Colts return a total of 50 targets from last year at the wide receiver position that accounted for only 28 catches. That's what they bring back at wide receiver. You bring back Michael Pittman Jr., but... What you also bring back is just 50 targets at wide receiver. That's how thin you are at that position 
minus Michael Pittman. Now, Michael Pittman Jr. is wonderful, and it's great to have him. But you've got to augment him with others, or he's going to be bracketed all over the field, and you're going to have Matt Ryan forced to throw to guys like Ashton Doolin, who had 28 uh, tar- 22 targets last year. Paris Campbell, only 20 targets last year. When he's healthy, he's got a shot, but he can't stay healthy. Des Patman had four targets. Mike Strawn, two targets. Kiki Kute, one target. That's what you've got at the wide receiver position for the Colts. You have got to get wide receivers who can catch a damn ball. That's what you've got to get. If you sign Stephon Gilmore as a quarterback, that affects the calculation to determine what your compensatory pick in your net return on free agency is. Did you lose more than you gained? Did you gain more than you you lost? That's how the compensatory pick business works. If you lose a whole bunch and you don't gain much, you get a third rounder or more. The Colts like being on the positive end of that draft pick acquisition in the compensatory kind of calculation. Um, That was a question that was asked. No donation, by the way, but I answered it regardless. I saw it, so I answered it. Um, Here's why wide receivers are really, really important for the Colts last year, even for the Colts, as relatively impotent as they were offensively throwing the football. Their wide receivers averaged 7.6 yards per target. Their tight end, 7.0 yards per target. Running backs, 6.0 yards per target. So that tells you, you want to throw the ball to wide receivers. You want to have wide receivers who can help you move the football down the field. That's what you do with them, right? So you've got to get wide receivers. The Colts right now have one usable wide receiver. They can say all they want. Chris Ballard can say all he wants. Look, what's Chris Ballard going to say about the wide receiver room? I don't like the guys in the room. I find them to be utterly mediocre. I Frank Reich was absolutely correct in directing Carson Wentz not to throw to these guys because they're not very good. He's not going to say that. You, sometimes you've got to say things in the media to help save your players a little bit of embarrassment. The embarrassment is there in the statistics, all right? Here's another area of need, tight end. Why? Jack Doyle retired. That's why. And right now, what you've got at tight end, you had 60 targets to those two guys, Mo Ali Cox and Kylan Granson. Jack Doyle represents... 43 of the targets to tight ends last year, roughly 42% of those targets. Now, here's how often Matt Ryan targeted his rookie tight end last year, Kyle Pitts. Seven more times than Wentz through to all of the Colts tight ends combined. There is going to be an upgrade at the tight end position simply because that's what Matt Ryan does. Matt Ryan targets tight ends. He has made tight ends a lot of money in the NFL, all the way back to Anthony Gonzalez, right? He is going to come to Indianapolis, and he is going to throw the ball to tight ends, whomever they are. I hope that Chris Ballard is able to get tight ends that Matt Ryan will enjoy throwing the ball to. It is utterly important. And then running backs, you've got to get them the ball in space where they can do something with it 
whether it's Jonathan Taylor or Naheem Hines. And you have to use Naheem Hines a little bit better, more out of the slot, more in motion. You really got to gadget it up a little bit for Naheem Hines because he's worth doing that for. And Matt Ryan is a guy who's going to be able to do it. This is the, the upgrade of Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz didn't see the field quickly. Didn't process information quickly enough to go from target A to target B to target C, check down and get it to a guy on time. If you can do that, you're going to get yards after the catch. That's how you bulk up the number. That's what Phillip Rivers did two years ago. Yards per attempt, 7.7 for Phillip Rivers, 7.0 for Carson Wentz. That is two-thirds of a yard per attempt. Over the course of a season, that's a hell of a lot of yards. And that's why you need upgrades at wide receiver and tight end. Now let's look at another position. This on the defensive side of the ball, and it's why Yannick Ngakwe was really, really a critical acquisition by the Colts and why they might look to draft yet another edge rusher. Because their edge rush was anemic last year. The Colts accounted for 33 sacks last year, which is not good. 18 of them, 18 and a half, were from the edge position, and in really the defensive end position. So edge on one side, defensive end on the other. You had Quiddy Pay lead the pack with four. Taekwon Lewis with two and a half. Dio Odangbo had one, had one half. That's what returns. al Qadin Muhammad had six. Kamoko Ture had five and a half. So roughly two-thirds of the sacks from the defensive end position are gone in Kamoko Ture. Kamoko Ture had like nine tackles, five and a half of them were sacks. al Qadin Muhammad left as a free agent. He had six sacks, like I said. You have got to get pressure from the edge. And if you can't, you are going to get beat. You want to know why 9-8? and eight? Because Carson Wentz didn't see the field. They didn't have dynamic wide receivers available for Carson Wentz. That much is true about Carson Wentz. And then from the edge, you didn't get a lot of pressure. Some of that had to do with Matt Eberflus, and Gus Bradley is going to fix that, and Yannick Ngakwe is going to fix some of that too. But that's why those three positions continue to be a bugaboo for the Indianapolis Colts. You have got to solve those problems if you're going to compete in the AFC South. That's just the way it is. What are you going to do? You got to attack it in the draft. And if you take a flyer on Stephon Gilmore and he works out, you're a genius. If he doesn't work out, you took a shot. And the Colts are in a position where they got to take a shot. And Matt Ryan's going to help, though. Matt Ryan's going to upgrade all three levels of receivers for the Colts. That's going to be a good thing. This was the best acquisition, easily the biggest upgrade at the most important position. This is nine and eight, maybe becoming ten and seven, maybe becoming eleven and five, uh, eleven and six, because of Matt Ryan's improvement over Carson Wentz. Uh, Dexter Dennis is going to visit Bloomington. All right, here's what Dexter Dennis is. Dexter Dennis is a, uh, a wing, 6'5 wing. He's a defensive specialist. What's that mean? When you hear defensive specialist, what does that conjure in your mind? 
a guy who can play defense but can't shoot. And that's who Dexter Dennis is. Last year, under 30%, just under 30% from beyond the arc. He defended well for Wichita State, and that's why he was a starter at Wichita State for four years, never averaged in double figures. And so I I don't know whether Mike Woodson just loves him some defenders who can't shoot or whether he can't attract shooters to Bloomington, but it sure seems like the Indiana recruiting fellas spend a lot of time looking at guys who can only defend and can't score the basketball. You got to find shooters, Mike. What are you doing? Stop. Don't go into the portal to get a guy who can defend and can't shoot. You got nothing but guys who can defend and can't shoot. Let's go get a a defender who can shoot. You got to have those out there someplace, for God's sake. Um, I, I don't understand. What's going on with Indiana basketball? Anyway, Dexter Dennis is going to come to Indiana. He's going to look around, and we'll see if he comes. If he comes, great. Kind of like Parker Stewart, except Parker Stewart was a better shooter than Dexter Dennis. We'll see. Uh, The Hawks destroyed Charlotte last night, 132-103. Most interesting part of the game is this. Miles Bridges gets thrown out of the game for swearing at an official, picks up his second technical, takes his mouthpiece, throws it into the stands at a fan who is a little bit belligerent, misses that fan, hits a little girl. Miles Bridges feels terrible about it, apologizes, does a big mea culpa in the post-game media session. Good for him. I screwed up, but then he says what they all say. That's not my character. Sorry, man. That's exactly your character. Your character is what you do. It's not what you say you are. It's what you do. What you did last night was hit a little girl with a mouth guard. So he's going to do something nice for the little girl. Miles Bridges is going to be Miles Bridges. Here's two things I want. Stop yelling at officials. Stop whining. I, My God, ball last night was like this with officials the entire night. Like he has owed calls on every possession where he touches the ball. Just stop that. And fans, could you be a little bit civil? I don't care. You know what? These guys make millions of dollars, and maybe you're jealous of them. I don't know what motivates the idiocy from fans. Leave people alone. Let them play the game. They play. You watch. Never the twain shall meet. Don't be belligerent. Don't be bellicose. Don't be unpleasant. Miles Bridges said he was upset with officiating. What he was really upset about was being a minus 30 in 30 minutes of play in a game that ended the Hornets' season. So the Hawks are going to play at Cleveland tomorrow night. If Cleveland wins, the Pacers get a first-round draft pick from the Cavs. If the Hawks win, the Pacers are locked out of that pick until at least next year it's lottery protected. Let's celebrate some birthdays. Nick Klein, happy birthday. Matthew Hawthorne, happy birthday. Um, Philip Woodall, happy birthday. Kevin Fetterman and Corey Loudon, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Lift each other up. Be a force for good. Don't be one of these idiots that compels a guy like Miles Bridges to throw stuff at you. Don't do that. Of course, he's going to be suspended. He's going to be fined, and it's right and proper that he is. But the Atlanta ownership, they owe something to that guy, some kind of penalty to the guy who is acting just like a jag. Don't be a jag. Be a good guy. We'll talk to you later today inside Indiana Sports Now. Can't wait. Have a good Thursday. Weather looks beautiful today. I think we're over the rough stuff.